Welcome to Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. Dr. Steve Wood with my buddy here, Bill Kanaski. We're here in uh, Daytona Beach, Rockville. Daytona Beach, Florida, baby. Rockville 2023. Bill and I decided we wanted to take a little bit of time off and uh, meet up and go to some uh, some rock concerts. We tried to play in this last year. We got some things so I had to move around, so we moved it to this year. Yeah. Steve, can you please define for our listeners, because I'm not sure there's many um, trial attorneys or claims adjusters at Rockville. Uh, I, I didn't. I don't think I noticed any in the in the crowd. It was yeah. a very neat crowd. Yeah. So we got we have four days. What from noon to eleven p.m. And how would you describe the the bands? This is this is a heavy metal. It's uh, a heavy metal. Yeah. Make no mistake. This is heavy heavy metal. It's not for everybody, folks. No. It's definitely a, an eclectic mix, right? I mean, blue collar, good people, hardworking. Very 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 good people. Very interesting people. Yeah. Uh, some very odd people. Very with odd the, with the costumes. Yeah. Uh, and the shirts, but what we got here is uh, 91 degrees and sunny, and I mean beautiful at night. Yeah. And yep. we got four stages, five stages. That's, uh, I think four stages. Yeah, yeah, four stages. Uh, so we have we've been tracking roughly 15 to 24 thousand steps a day. Yep. How, how do your feet feel? Uh, they're they're miserable, right? Yeah, now. my, my feet, body hates myself in the morning. It's terrible. And we've actually both been going to the gym. Yep. In the mornings. Yep before this but it is this is not for the faint of heart it's not no it's this is very you've got to be in tip-top physical i still feel like i've been beat up by 10 guys well strangely enough i don't know if it's the same here i mean we're staying at separate hotels but at my hotel there's been a mass exodus of everybody leaving today yeah i was sticking around for sunday no one wants to four days of this is not for everybody maybe the two the two-day pass is better for some yeah uh but we did notice uh as uh uh, where where was the uh, they they did they did said they said something out essentially saying the safety of all the patrons was the top Correct. concern which yeah, which yeah. we do not believe for one second based no. on the activities yeah. we have seen here. Bill, you'll like this though actually. So there was a thing about it said no crowd surfing. I don't know if you noticed it the other day. There was a guy crowd surfing with the sign that said no crowd surfing. He, he's holding the sign. Holding the sign. No said, yeah. 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 So I've seen a lot of crowd surfing. Yeah. Now there's clearly signs that say do not crowd. Which they have the the symbol for that's quite impressive, Correct. by the way. Correct. It's a symbol of, I guess, crowd surfing with yeah. the big with, with the big red the big circle. red yeah. circle of the, with the cross through yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but no, amazing time. Yeah, no witness prep, no uh, jury research for four days. Um, working all morning, though. I think my emails lighten up. Yeah, however, but... however, rocking and rolling here in Daytona Beach. We are in the lobby right now, the Hilton Garden Inn on Midway Avenue, right across the street. And this thing is in the in the infield of the uh, Daytona International Speedway. So this is a huge complex. Um, and I've been to this several times. Uh, very, very fun. But again... I think the key is uh, um, mental toughness because yep. you want to quit at right. wh- roughly 6, 30, 7 o'clock. Correct. You, yeah, you yeah, just yeah. want to quit because your body's like, this is a really, really bad idea. And I think every morning I've woken up, I've just been thinking of an excuse to go home. <laughs> like my, my body's like, this is not good. This is not good. But <laughs> we are going to complete uh, day four. That's right. So the purpose of this book, we're going to review our new paper that just got published in CLM's uh, magazine, uh, which is going to rub a few people the wrong way, but that's just what we're about because we're disruptors in the system, and we're very okay with that. But listen, folks, you listen. Uh, insurance claims people, I know how hard you work. Trial attorneys know how hard you work. You got to take some time off. Yeah. 
and Blossom Steam. I, I'm not suggesting the mosh pit. I, I don't go in the mosh pit. Um, there's several reasons for that. Um, but yeah, uh, make sure that you uh, are doing something fun and not working too hard. Now we're going to get back to this, uh, the the bracelet theft story. Yeah. I'm going to save that till the I'm going to save that till yeah. the end. Um, my wife had a little issue in the merchandise uh, mart over here. Yeah, I'm not stealing your thunder on that. We'll get yeah, to that. Yeah, we're going to get to that. But let's talk about the new paper. And the new paper um, is all about you know preventing nuclear settlements at deposition. And we've talked about this topic numerous times. And this is the topic of witness pivoting during testimony. Um, I've never been a fan of it. Um, I'm very outspoken about this. Uh, the first paper I wrote about this was the amygdala hijack paper, talking about how when witnesses pivot, uh, when I mean pivoting, I mean, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, no, because, no, because, no, because. And you're essentially dodging the question and you're arguing with the questioner. Um, that is not a fair fight. That is a battle that the witness is going to lose 100% of the time. And they may be able to pull it off a couple of times, but I mean, uh, an experienced, savvy cross-examiner is going to destroy the witness 100% of the time uh, when that starts. And we felt another paper on this topic um, was 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 important. Let's just talk about like, where did this start? I mean, pivot, so where pivoting started, Pivoting started, and this is well documented, and we, we've put this into the paper because we wanted to back everything up. Because this, this paper is going to rub some people the wrong way because there are some people out there that actively instruct and teach witnesses to pivot. And we completely disagree with it. And I think we have the data to back it up. But, Steve, this is this is from the, the area of political science and debate theory where um, – now, politicians, how they prepare for debates, they put hours and hours and hours and they have coaches and they are professionally trained to dodge questions. Right. Right. I mean, this is this is what they do. Um, and so they are trained to. Uh, so when a um, so when a, a moderator. Right. So when these debates have moderators, is somebody from CNN or Fox or whoever it is, points out a fact the politician says yes, but, and then goes off on their, you know, explanation and typically end up on a completely different topic. And it drives, it drives the moderator crazy. I know that uh, it drives me crazy. I know it drives voters crazy to an extent, but this is what some witnesses are being instructed to do during deposition. And, and even at trial, we've, we've seen the outcomes of this. It's yeah. been, it's been disastrous. Uh, I've done some math. Roughly 15% of the cases that I work on where I'm training witnesses are, are referrals from clients where that witness or another witness in the case has been told to pivot and they've completely botched yep. the deposition. Yep. And then we're coming in to fix things. Um, talk about your experience where you've come in to a, to a, to a, a case a witness uh, previously, right? That witness or a different witness. Typically, it's the same witness, right? And now you're prepping them for trial, say, and they've been told to pivot all day, all night during their death. And now you're trying to correct this damage. Tell the audience your experience with that and how difficult it is to correct those mistakes. Well, yeah, so I mean, it's extremely difficult because when you think about it, then essentially they have 
they got two different things that they're listening to, right? They've been trained and, and coached to do it a certain way. And now all of a sudden you're trying to basically undo all the coaching that they've, they've had. So yeah, a lot of times you get pushed back on it, but I think what ends up happening is, is kind of when you explain and we go through our process and talk to them and, and show them how pivoting doesn't work or why pivoting doesn't work. And, and just how sometimes the embracing the conduct or just rejecting the, the negative uh, attributions is, is helpful. So, you know, once they're able to go through that and realize why pivoting looks bad, you know, sounds bad. And then if you can just say yes, period, and move on how it makes your life easier. And it also, you can, if you have the follow-up, right, you, you're, you're yeah. forcing the questioner into the follow-up and if they don't ask it, then you can save it later. But if they do, then now it's on your playing field and now you're yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but looks like a completely credible response because you've owned it and you say, yeah, so what I did this. And there's a good explanation. It's, it's highly credible to own facts. Yeah. And, and a witness that avoids actively, actively avoids facts is going to look silly uh, in deposition, especially in front of the jury. Let's, let's talk about the data. So well, countless numbers of cases um, that we've experienced uh, because we have parachuted in later in the case um this is a fact i'm about to tell you and anybody that wants to argue with me can they are more than happy to you can, you can come on the litigation psychology podcast and argue with me pivoting particularly by multiple witnesses leads to nuclear settlements these cases are out of control they're disasters and our clients end up having to settle these cases for way 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 too much and the 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 now we do not teach us we teach the polar opposite which we call embrace and reject that's our system and we're going to talk about that in a second but what ends up happening is steve steve and i get called maybe you know the first two depositions i've gone these witnesses were told instructed to pivot and these depositions are epic disasters so now we come in to train the rest of the witnesses. We fix them. These witnesses do great. But the problem is those first two depositions, and if one of them is a corporate rep, I mean, the corporate yeah. rep, I mean, you're totally screwed. Uh, if you're in trucking, if it's the corporate rep or the safety director, you're in big, big trouble. And these clients can't recover from those depositions. And so what happens is during mediation or any type of negotiation for settlement, the plaintiff attorney is like, listen, you know, I've got these two really bad depositions. You know, I'm going to play these in trial or I'm going to call these witnesses at trial. And if they try to wiggle out of it, I'm going to impeach them with this stuff. Um, and so the clients end up having to pay way, way, way more on these cases because of this, this pivoting. So, again, the pivoting is there's two ways witnesses pivot. They get presented with the fact, typically a bad fact in the case, right? Okay, isn't it true your truck driver was driving 10 miles per hour over the speed limit, right? And it's, they got the GPS data, it's right there. And the safety director says, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, and just starts yapping away, right? Being evasive, if not defensive, sometimes argumentative. And what, and we put this all in the paper, by the way, um, which we'll talk about um, the rest of this podcast, is a good attorney is going to e either cut that witness off or let them go and then counterattack, 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 right? If that data is put in front of a witness that the driver was going 10 miles over the speed limit, the answer is, yes, that's correct. Yes, that's what the GPS data shows, period. There's no counterattack to that. But when you go on and on and on and on, it's it gets out of control. 
the witness inevitably says something harmful or just downright idiotic and the plant phase jumps all over it and again this can lead for a long long deposition so in this paper we break down why pivoting uh, why we feel um pivoting is so harmful uh the origin of pivoting pivoting and the both strategic and economic risks of of the pivoting and th this is going to come in, in two parts right steve so we yeah. have part one was just uh, released in clm magazine in the may edition june part two um will come out but we're very passionate about this because our job we want to do two things we we, we want to help our clients reduce their economic exposure and we know pivoting increases economic exposure that, that that's just like a no-brainer fact at this point okay and uh number two we want to help our clients win and we win a lot of cases we win at mediation by getting uh, very, very fair and reasonable decreased settlements. And we win a trial. And we know what we're doing with our, our, our witness training system, which, which we go towards what we call the embrace and reject. Meaning, so the witness pivots in two ways. They pivot away from bad facts. And then when blame and accusation questions come in, they start doing no because, no because, no because, right? So it's the yeah, but no because that that gets them in the hot water. And here, here's here's the incredible thing about it, which no one realizes. The plaintiff attorneys love it. Yeah. Oh, in fact, let's have a say, okay, and plaintiff attorneys, we know you're listening. We love you. No, listen, it's, it's all good. Plaintiff attorneys, we know you're out there. Okay, you guys email me. You're all over my LinkedIn page. I'm, I have no problem with that, okay? But here's the thing. Two things I know for a fact, because again, I do some plaintiff work, okay? Commercial litigation only is Plaintiff attorneys, when they're deposing a key defense witness, they love it when yeah. the witness pivots. Of course. Why, Steve? Why? Why? Because then they're yap, yap, yap. And then the more they talk, the more that they are able to identify things to ask additional questions. Counterattack. Counter yeah, exactly. Counterattack. So we know the enemy loves us. But here's the thing, right? And the word enemy is all relative, okay? Defense attorneys who are deposing plaintiffs or plaintiffs experts, they love it when the witness pivots yeah because now the defense attorney can counterattack. so plaintiff attorneys learn from this podcast right you, i mean the plaintiff attorney has to prep their clients yep they're going to prep their experts plaintiff attorneys tell you tell your witnesses not to pivot if a fact comes up particularly listen i mean again i don't mind talking about plaintiff stuff right because they have to deal with a lot of the same issues i mean in a lot of these depositions when the defense attorney is um, deposing a plaintiff there's going to be bad facts for the plaintiff right right particularly talk about this Steve we've had cases where the defense does surveillance right and, and it comes up in deposition well okay you know Joe plain, plaintiff Joe well you know you're claiming all these injuries yet you know we have video of you you know doing a 360 dunk uh on a, on a basketball hoop uh you know out at the park down the street from your house and there's two ways to handle that is to say, yes, that's what the video shows, period. Or the plaintiff could say, yeah, but yeah, but I was having a really good day. That that's what day. it was, yeah. right? Yeah. My, I have good days and bad days. Yeah, my is... opioids were kicking in that day. It took away all the pain. And, you know, you don't understand what I go through. And so, you know, I mean, this is a proper plaintiff. Too, Correct. Right? Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I know that it, we always talk about you know, the bad facts and, and how, when it comes up, you think this doesn't, this doesn't sound good. I need to try to fix it. But the, the, the key to it is, is to know that it sounds bad, but rather than say, this sounds bad, I need to fix it. You just say, it's a fact. I eat it and I yeah. move on. And the fact that I embrace it 
takes away any sting, takes away any power from anybody. That's the key. It takes away the sting. It takes away the sting and it takes away the counterattack. Because here's the thing. When these bad facts come up in deposition, the other side already has them. Right. Like there's no like there's nothing magical about these bad facts. It's just the witness is not comfortable with it. And that's the whole amygdala hijack fight or flight response pattern. And so, Steve, talk a little bit about once the witness starts repeatedly pivoting, it it they can get emotional. They can get really, really defensive. Yeah. And it, it's a neurochemical response that can last the rest of the deposition. Right. Exactly. It's like, you know, it's I always I always liken it when I'm talking to people about road rage, right? Where you yeah. get you, you get cut off. Yeah, you get up for, and then imagine you're going up another mile, and they cut you off again. You go up another mile, they cut you off again, and you're basically spinning out of control the whole time, and you never have an opportunity to ever hit the reset button and come back. So you know you're you're yeah. you're highly emotional throughout the whole thing, and then once that happens, bad testimony occurs. You know, you say things, do things that you didn't necessarily mean to do, and then yeah. you know afterwards you're looking at the depot transcript saying, "Why did I say that?" And, you so know, we yeah, so we call it again. So our system is called embrace reject. So when a bad fact comes up, you embrace it. Yeah. Yes, that yes, that's what the document says. Yep. Yes, that's what the video shows. And shut up. Use a period. No commas. We have a no comma rule, right? Because the fact is the fact is coming out anyway. And here's the worst thing. And we put this in the paper. We have several examples in the paper. Uh, one I'm looking at right now is the trucking uh, example. The other one's a medical malpractice. Here's the thing. When you pivot and you talk and talk and talk and yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, the the, the attorney is going to reel you in and say, okay, well, that's really nice, but let's get back to the original question yeah. I asked you 10 minutes ago. And eventually, what does the witness end up saying? Yes, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Right. So, so you go three pages of deposition transcript, arguing, defending, evading. And in the end, what do you do? You end up back where you would have been. You end up eating it. Yeah. So suck it up, buttercup. It, admit the fact. And then there's no fall. There's no fall. There's no counterattack. There's no counterattack. Now, Steve, talk a little bit. Okay, so we have embrace and reject. Okay, rejects the other side of this. And by the way, we have proven over and over again how effective this system is. Embrace facts. Talk about um, the importance of rejecting blame and accusation and, and how to specifically do that versus the no comma because and then going off on your defensive explanation. That's just going to get you in trouble. Yeah, I think, you know, what I, what I always tend to see actually is more of this reject where you can really cut off the questioner even more so when you just say, no, I, I disagree with that or yeah. not necessarily. But like you said, you, you, you cut off any follow-up or you then say, what, what do you, wait, wait, you don't agree with the fact that you fell below the standard of care. You don't, you don't agree with me that, that you deviated from this, that, and all this. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't agree with that. Yeah. It's not, and none of these pivoting answers um, and, and Tad Eckenrode are uh, a fantastic attorney out of St. Louis, Missouri co-author this paper this this paper with us and when these witnesses uh pivot all over the place i mean it kills their credibility absolutely kills their credibility and so when the blame questions come out to say no period yeah i disagree with that period it's going to force the questioner into a a why why yeah, not exactly. how come and now the witness has ample opportunity to explain themselves now we don't want those to be long uh, elaborate explanations but that gives the opportunity for the witness to then explain themselves versus the pivoting technique which is you're forcing in explanations um i can tell you this uh jurors cannot stand pivoting yep. they, they absolutely despise witness pivoting because 
by definition, it's dodging the question. Right. And what a good cross-examiner does is makes the most out of that, exposes your evasiveness, and then in the end, you're going to cough it up anyway. And the perception of that absolutely destroys the witness, the, the witness's uh, credibility. Exactly. So it's a bad idea all around. So he published this paper in CLM Magazine. Part one is already out. Part two is going to come out. And part two really outlines the the risks right and there and there's and there, i think we outlined what 10 different yeah. you know, you know yep. risks. We keep, we're not going to go over all of them uh in this podcast you know we talked about hurting credibility you know, but other severe risks that you have is um it lengthens the depositions yeah yeah i mean you start talking 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 it lengthens the deposition which is the last thing you want the more information that comes out the more attack right talk a little bit about uh just the whole uh concept of cognitive and physical fatigue and how the more you argue and evade a questioner it's going to wear you down right. and then in the back end of this deposition now you're going to make fatigue-based mistakes because you've been arguing well that's what that's the biggest thing that that causes me heartburn is when i think about it because there's some really good attorneys out there that will grind witnesses down yeah. right and you've been given a good deposition for five hours six hours but then you get into that home stretch and you cough it up because you've been yeah button and no because in and all that type of stuff so now you're fatigued like I said, you step in it right in in the sixth hour when you didn't need to. You could have been out of there a long time ago in, in with a good deposition. But, but like you said, you wanted to argue, you wanted to pivot and really good questioners aren't going to give in or they're not going to give up and then they're going to continue grinding. Yeah. Now, let's let's talk about the contrarian deal. Let's let's be fair. Let's be fair. And that we were very careful when we wrote the trick. Yeah, because we know the people who are pushing this method. And they've given some speeches and stuff. And uh, Tad, Tad himself has been to several of these speeches. And so I wanted to be fair to the folks um, out there um, pushing this whole pivoting thing, thinking it's a good idea. I'll tell you, well, I'll tell you who pivoting helps emotionally. Um, it initially, well, number one, it, it helps it helps the defense attorney because right. they feel like, yeah, my witness is exactly. really giving it to him, but it's going to crash and burn. And it also helps the witness emotionally because the witness is being told don't sit there and get beat up by this right this attorney you yeah. go out there and you give them a piece of your mind yep. you have a spine you have a backbone you show them what you're made of and so kind of at first empowers the witness right little did they know they're walking right into the exact trap that the plaintiff attorney wants right yeah i mean i don't i don't i don't know why you would want to tell a first time or even a two or three time yeah. deponent to go out there and think that they're going to win in an argument with an attorney. So here's the foundation behind this. And we've seen this written in a couple of articles, uh, a couple of articles that were published in DRI for the defense, which we've published in before. And I read this article um, on pivoting. I'm not going to mention the authors. And the the premise of why this, why they think it's a good thing. The premise of this is the following. Um, 98, 95% of cases settle. And never see a courtroom. Therefore, you need to win the deposition. And getting all of this argument from the witness out in deposition is going to improve your position for settlement. If you go to mediation, it's going to impress the media. That, that's the position on this. Um, I, we're not attorneys, but we've seen the outcomes of these things. So from a consultant standpoint, I wholeheartedly agree that that's true. I think it does the opposite. I think it creates 
nuclear settlements because I've seen them happen. You can't argue with that. I'm sorry. And then we told Tad, he's like, Tad, yeah, Tad's our co-author. We said, Tad, you're the attorney. You've you've seen this occur before. Um, you've seen the outcomes of it. Does what are your thoughts? And, and Tad puts in the paper, he's like, no, it doesn't help me in mediation. It does the opposite. It shows, it shows my witness flies off the handle. My witness is evasive and can't answer a goddamn question. My witness is defensive, you know, argumentative. It doesn't help me with the mediator. In fact, it it it, it ruins my position. Yeah, I remember, position, yeah right? he said he came back and you know, the mediators would say, Hey, I don't think your guy's gonna hold up at yeah. Doesn't get to call up a trial because he can't answer a damn yeah. question yeah. during deposition. So, um, so Tad put his thoughts uh, and concerns in the paper uh, as well. And from the legal perspective, um, he doesn't think pivoting a doesn't think it's effective number one, but but b thinks it causes a lot of strategic and economic harm. The, the other thing that we we will bring up in part two uh, of of the paper is that when your defendant is pivoting all over the place, right? Because they've been instructed to. Now, what if that that defendant has said something that goes against what your expert was going to say? Right. So now nice. yeah. you have to eliminate your expert or your, your expert contradicts your defendant because your defendant couldn't show up, right? Um, so I think we, we just think a lot of bad things uh, can happen uh, from this. It seems... Steve, talk a little bit about how pivoting may seem like a good idea on the surface, yeah. right? Because again, you're it. you're empowering the witness, okay? And you're saying, hey, you know, you're going into this deposition, you're under oath, and you know, we're gonna train you to put up this fight. And and you're not gonna just get pushed around by this guy. Um, talk a little bit just about the psychology behind building the witness up like that, but then the detriment of the witness doesn't really know that that's actually what the the enemy wants. Yeah, so I think the biggest thing to you, like you're saying, is is you want to empower your witnesses. You want to make them feel like they're going to get their side of the story across in the deposition. But to your point, though, that's exactly what opposing counsel wants you to do because the way it looks, the optics of the way it looks, and that you're going to look like you're, you know, you got your you got your hand caught with in the yeah. cookie jar. You got caught with your hand in the cookie jar, and now all of a sudden you're going to try to explain things away rather than just just embrace it. So I can see where it comes from. It makes sense where you want to defend yourself, defend your conduct. But the truth of the matter is, as I always say, the deposition is not the time or the place to do that. There'll be a time and a place. It's not the deposition, though. And you just have to get those uh, witnesses comfortable by saying, you know what? Nobody in this room thinks you did anything wrong. Just agree to the, you know, feel comfortable with yeah. the fact that we get it. You can tell us your story all you want, but we don't need to do that in a deposition. Yeah, the, the most effective answers I've seen in deposition are when a... A witness, and whether, whether it's a, a plaintiff or the, again, plaintiff attorneys, we know you're out there. That's fine. I'm glad you're listening. It, it this works for all witnesses, Steve. Yeah. So if 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 you're a defendant or whether you're the plaintiff and you're getting cross-examined deposition and a and a, a, a negative fact comes up, if that witness, whether it's a plaintiff or a defendant, says, Yes, that's true. Where do you stops. go from there? Right. There, there's nowhere to go. Yeah. There's no value to that. Yeah. Wait, you ain't get no sound bite. That no, that that's a fact. That's guess, coming out either way. Well, I guess though, though here, Bill, this will be one of the arguments though that I hear sometimes is that you get them, someone's to say yes, they get the yes, 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 but they don't get the follow up question. I guess the concern is though now the sound bite they have is just your witness saying yes to a bunch of bad facts without any explanation. I think that's one of the other things that the, the thought process behind pivoting. So, what do you think about that as far as the witness that just says yes, period? 
but they never get a chance to get the follow-up. Well, well, there's 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 two two avenues to consider here, uh, and Tad does cover this in the paper. Number one, the the time and the place for those explanations is is trial in front of a, in front of a jury. Those yeses aren't going to make a damn bit of difference at 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 at, at mediation, right? Um, secondly, defense counsel at the end of the deposition can take 15 minutes and ask a couple follow-up questions, not under attack, right? Where the witness is not coming across as defensive or evasive, where um, a, a defense attorney like Tad can say, okay, you know, an hour ago you were asked, you know, you were accused of X and you said, no, I disagree. Yeah, let's, I just want to get your explanation. Why, why did you disagree with counsel? Right. Things like that. Or if there was a fact that maybe was taken out of context or something, the witness agreed that, well, that's what you have. The defense attorney can ask questions at the end of the day to clear things up. So there's ample opportunity to fix that. But the other bottom line is, which, which again, Ted Ecker did a fantastic job in this paper. He says, this is like poker. I, I don't want to show all my damn. He's like, right. the witness is pivoting all over the place. I'm showing all of my cards to my adversary, right. who's then going to go back to their experts and go, here's what they're going to do, and then use it against me in a trial. I don't necessarily want all that information coming out. So again, um, we've seen this over and over and over again. Um, and we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. Um, we feel, and we, we think we have the data uh, to prove it because our clients settle cases at really low values. I mean, I, I every week I get a call from one of my clients so happy and, and here's the comment I get from multiple people. It's some version of the the attorney, usually a plaintiff attorney. The plaintiff attorney was not able to land any punches against my witness yeah. or the follow-up witnesses. We went to mediation or we had a settlement negotiation and we settled the case for well under what they originally wanted. Now, people, that's all coming from these the results of these depositions. I just got an email just when we were here, yeah. right? Four witnesses yeah. I worked with, yeah, all of them hammered it. This it was really, yeah, really they, good. And, and so that the, the economic value of these cases is coming down because of the deposition performances. It has nothing to do with attorneys. The attorneys aren't testifying. These are the defend. These are the these are the defendants. These are the managers, the safety directors, the corporate reps. They are doing the embrace reject technique that we teach. It is working values of settlements are 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 coming down they're collapsing because there's nowhere to go yep. there's no gasoline on the fire however the other thing we see equally is when we get called the essentially clean up the mess yeah and it's like yeah you know the first two witnesses that got deposed you know they they crash and burn can you fix the rest and then we do fix the rest but yeah. those first two that go Steve, that that case that this may have cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars in settlement value because of the bad deposition. So do we agree that most cases are not going to trial? Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Do we agree that the way to do well at deposition is to pivot away from facts and explain away um, basic facts and to argue with questioners when accused of things? No. Absolutely not. And we see this over and over and over. So again, if if you want to avoid nuclear settlements, which of course you want to avoid nuclear verdicts, but you want to avoid nuclear settlements, right? There is a way to do this with the witness where the witness can perform very effectively, tell the truth, not dodge 
question. Again, this is we're talking pivoting is dodge. It's active yeah. dodging of questions. Yep. That's the empirical. We looked this up. We have all we cited everything in the paper. It's dodging questions purposefully. That's what it is. Okay, it's non-responsive to questions by definition. Okay, and it it may work a couple of times here and there, but then the savvy cross-examiner is not going to let the witness go. No, that. not at all. So. Um, let's end this story. Okay, another Rockville story. Um, so my wife is going shopping. Speaking of pivoting, right? Yeah, speaking it's of good. pivoting, let's get away from this topic. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but um, so my wife's going shopping for some merch, right? And she and by the way, they make these cool bracelets where they make them out of guitar strings. So she's trying some on and she bought a few of them. And one of the ones she tried on, she forgot to take off. So two hours later, we're in the middle of a concert. I forget which stage. I think we're at the zebra stage yeah. at the end. And she looks up at me like, oh, my God. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I didn't know what the hell was going on. And she looked down her wrist and she's like, I, I, I stole the bracelet. <laughs> <laughs> I stole the bracelet. So I'm like, what do you mean you stole the bracelet? She's like, well, I was trying different ones on. And this, I forgot to take this one off. And I don't know what to do. I said, well, you got it. You can't just steal a break. You yeah, gotta yeah. take it back. Yeah. She goes, well, by, by the way, the, the 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 walking distance between things here is incredible. We're oh. we're putting on what eight to twelve miles a day instead. Easily, easily. And so the walk back to this place is, is <laughs> impressive. And so she's like, "Well, maybe I'll just take it back in the morning." I'm like, "Do you know what the first the optics of that is?" Yeah. Hey, by the way, yeah, I shoplifted something yesterday at six thirty p.m. Yeah, I know it's two o'clock p.m. the next day. I just, you know. Yeah, here, like, I mean, no, you, you gotta, you gotta take it back. But yeah, she took it back, and so I went with her, right, to see the look on their faces, and the look on her faces was was incredible. I can imagine because she, yeah, she was there two hours ago, but gave it, she gave it back, you know, good, did, did, did the right thing. All right, I know it's been a little bit longer the podcast, but it was good, and uh, like I said, good, good being here with Bill. Don't here, pivot. Don't pivot. That's been the take home message. If you learn anything from it, all of our ramblings, the take home message is don't pivot. Like I said, always go to courtroomsciences.com, all of our blogs, papers, posts, all that type of stuff. Reach out to me or Bill on LinkedIn. We're always on there. Happy to talk to everybody. Always glad for all of the listener feedback. We really, truly oh, yeah. appreciate all you guys uh, making making this podcast and passing it around to everybody in the legal community. So we appreciate that. It's growing. Yes, it's very good. So we appreciate that. Anyway, this has been another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. See ya.